0: The Bible says to aff- afflict yourselves because if we don't afflict ourselves, the Lord will afflict us and keep us humble. So we might as well do it ourselves, and I'd rather do that than have the Lord hammer me. So there's fasting. We talked about the Word. Get the Word in your life. Uh, I think Sunday we're going to see get some commitments to see who would like to read the New Testament through this year as, together as a church, who, who all would like to do that. Then we talked about, the reason we said just to read the New Testament is because if you've never read the Bible through before, and you start in Genesis, it gets very hard at times. You're going to just plow through that field, okay? But if you take something you're familiar with and start small, then you can attain bigger goals. And the last one was prayer. And we learned that prayer, last week we learned that prayer is golden bowls in heaven. That our prayers are in gold on golden bowls in heaven, isn't that what it says? That are coming before the throne of God. Just like Cornelius built a memorial out of his prayers, and his righteousness and his good deeds, his alms that he did, and the Lord visited Cornelius's family with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That was the first. Gentile to receive the Holy Ghost. The Italians were the first to receive it. So tonight, I wanted to finish off January with something that may be a little different, but it's still part of the uh, dedication, consecration, daily walk with the Lord, working on that relationship with the Lord, because that's what it is. We're not joining the church. We're in relationship, right? So the name of this lesson is Dream On, Dream On. Dream on. Okay. I don't know who would sing that, but that may be a hit someday. Somebody may make a lot of money off of that. (laughs) Brother Aerosmith, Stephen Tyler. Yes. I want to talk about dreams tonight. I want to talk to you and share to you with some scriptures about dreams. The Bible has a lot to say about dreams. Not only in the Old Testament, but also in the New Testament. And the, some of the scriptures tonight I'm going to share with you. There's others that I didn't, ha- that wouldn't give us enough time to share, but let's talk about dreams tonight, all right? God loves to communicate to his people, all right? He loves to talk to us. He talks to us through his word. He talks to us through his people, I guess Sister Ginger threw it down Sunday. A lot of people were listening. A lot of people responded. So when we come together, he talks to us through teaching and preaching. He talks to us through fellowship. But he also wants to communicate in various ways, including dreams. He wants to talk to us through dreams. Anybody ever had a dream from the Lord? a warning or or the Lord gives you direction or whatever. Elihu said in Job thirty three fourteen and 15, he said, For God does speak now one way, now another, though man may not perceive it in a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falls on men as they slumber in their beds. Doesn't that sound beautiful? Falling asleep, Deep sleeps as we fall into slumber. That sounds like a chocolate sundae or something, you know? Yeah, banana split. I haven't had one of those in years. Well, hey, well, let's get back to this. Deep sleep falls on us as we slumber. So the Lord wants to speak to us in dreams. What's interesting about this scripture here in Job is that when God speaks in dreams, man may not perceive it. Sometimes and often we have treated dreams as junk mail. Oh, I had too much pizza last night. Oh, I had, you know, ham and beans. Ham and beans got outlawed at our house a long time ago. Amy used to make crock pots full, man, and we would enjoy them and eat them and remember them for days. And she said, No more. No more. No more ham and beans at the house. We haven't had ham and beans in years. Hmm. It's just junk mail. Ham and beans, just junk mail. Dreams, we treat them as junk mail. We treat them as, as okay, well, we dismiss a dream as, as unimportant, in the when in fact God may be sending a message to us. God may be trying to tell us something here. God sends messages to us in dreams in order to protect us from impending danger to change a lifestyle that we've been living, or to perhaps guide us in a direction to take. So these dreams that the Lord uses protects us from dangers and disasters, changes a lifestyle that we've been living that wasn't pleasing to the Lord, and guides us in a certain direction to take. And so these dreams begin to produce action in our lives. So let's look at some examples of dreams and actions. Pharaoh. God warned Pharaoh through a dream about an impending famine in the land of Egypt. And because of that dream, a nation was saved. In fact, a whole world was saved. Because if you remember what happened, Joseph became the prime minister. So you had Pharaoh, and then he finds this Hebrew slave, down, who is the, the custodian of the jail, has been in, in jail for years. And he is the only one that can interpret the dream that Pharaoh has. Pharaoh makes him second in command. He makes him the prime minister of Egypt. And he says, you are going to take care of everything. So you know the story. Seven years there was plenty. The next seven years were famine and, and lean. And what Joseph did was he stored up the plenty So when the lean came, not only was there corn in Egypt, there was corn all over the world because that's how he was reunited with his family and his brothers from Canaan. That's all found in Genesis chapter 41. So God warned Pharaoh through a dream. Now, Pharaoh wasn't spiritual. A lot of these dreams that you'll see tonight, these guys weren't spiritual. So a lot of times we think that we have to be spiritual for God to give us a dream. But we don't. God just wants you to fall in deep sleeps and in the slumber and have faith that he's going to talk to you. So God is concerned about our lifestyles. How about Abimelech? He was admonished in a dream about committing adultery with Abraham's wife Sarah. Now Abimelech was the king of Egypt. And Abraham was traveling through there, and he had this this hottie on his arm, right? And Abimelech saw her, and he's like, man, she's a beautiful woman. And Abraham, yes, she's my sister, because Abraham was afraid. So he lied. So what Abraham couldn't do to say, hands off, Abimelech, this is my wife Sarah, God had to wake up the king Abimelech and say, "You are about to be a dead man. <laughs> because that woman that you have brought into your palace that you think you're going to marry, is another man's wife." And Abimelech's like, "Oh my goodness. He came to Abimelech in the dream one night and he said, "You, Genesis 20 verse three, you are as good as dead." Because of the woman you have taken, she is a married woman. Genesis chapter 20, verse 3. God spoke to Abimelech about a lifestyle or a part of his life that he was engaged in. So through this dream, Abimelech repented. And so God is going to talk to us through his word. God is going to talk to us through public meetings like this. Teaching, seminars, conferences, fellowship, life groups. He's going to talk to us but yet he's also going to talk to us through dreams as well. God will also guide you through these dreams. He did it for Joseph no less than five times, and in Matthew for Pilate's wife. In the dreams, when Jesus was born, what all did the Lord say? Take the baby, go to Egypt. Okay, all those, a couple years later, all those who have wanted to kill the baby are dead. Now you can come back into Israel. And so, God is speaking through a dream, through these dreams, to Joseph. Fear not to take Mary for thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. So God confirmed to Joseph what Mary had been trying to tell him. Joseph, you and I have never been together, and I am pregnant. Now you trying to figure that out. You talk about looking at a woman when she's crying and doesn't know what she's crying about. How about they tell you, I'm pregnant, and I have never been with a man. Wow. That's, that's a stretch. That's why God had to come in the dreams. He also used a dream to warn Pilate's wife about Jesus, Matthew 27, verse 19. It says, King James, when he was set down on the judgment seat, his wife sent unto him, saying, have thou nothing to do with that just man, for I have suffered many things this day in a dream because of him. Just then, New Living Translation, as Pilate was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife sent him this message, leave that innocent man alone. I suffered through a terrible nightmare about him last night. So God is using dreams to talk to people. Sometimes God gives you a dream to just encourage you. He'll want to encourage you and say, okay, for example here, when Gideon needed reassurance to fight the Midianites, He was inspired through a dream and its interpretation. Gideon arrived just as a man was telling a friend in his dream. His friend says they're in this tent, and he says, I I had a dream. A round loaf of barley bread came tumbling into the Midianite camp. It struck the tent with such force that the tent overturned and collapsed. His friend responded, This can be nothing other than the sword of Gideon, son of Joash, the Israelite. God has given the Midianites and the whole camp into his hands. When Gideon heard the dream and its interpretation, he worshipped God. He returned to the camp of Israel and called out, Get up, the Lord has given the Midianite camp into your hands. Now he couldn't do that before. And notice that the Lord told him, I want you to go into the camp of the Midianites tonight, and I want—I'm going to want you to see what they're saying about you. Oh my! If we could walk into our enemy's camp and hear what they are saying about us, we might not be as nervous as we are sometimes. We might not be as overwhelmed as we are sometimes, because really the devil is afraid of us. He's afraid of each and every one of you. Y'all cold? Susan's cold. She can't be cold. She got that Sir Edmund Hillary coat wrapped up. If we're too cold, turn the heat up a little bit. All right. So Gideon gets a dream and gets encouraged. He says, get up. Let's go get the Midianites. Do dreams belong to the new covenant? Or is it just Old Testament? Is it just some believers Argue against dreams and they say dreams were God's way of speaking to his people under the old covenant, but it's not for today. Isn't that awesome? The Holy Ghost is not for today, speaking in tongues is not for today, dreams are not for today, healing that was then, it's not for today. Well, what do you do with the scripture that says, God says, I never change? What do you do with the scripture that says, Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. What do they do with those scriptures? If he did it then, he can do it now. I think that he doesn't do it now amongst us because we deal with so many, we we deal with a lot of idols in America. Right? Billy Idol? No. We deal with a lot of idols. We deal with an idol called materialism. Because we feel like if we can have stuff, everything else will fall into place. And we put a lot of faith in stuff. And we put a lot of faith in our money. I've seen people who have walked around with $5,000 in their pocket. They have no worry in the world. But you take all that money away and they don't have a, they don't have a nickel in the bank account and they're a total different person. Why? Is our faith... Is our faith tied to our substance? Is our faith tied to how much money we got in the bank? Is our faith tied to everything's everything's all right? Everything's going good? So these people are saying they're not for today. In our time, God speaks to us through the scriptures and by the Spirit. Absolutely, he does. But he also still speaks in dreams. That wasn't the point of view that Peter had on the day of Pentecost when the new covenant was established. He preached this in Acts chapter 2 verse 17, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. That's what he said. Your old men will dream dreams. So dreams are for our age, us old people. In fact, according to the promise, dreams would be more frequent in our time. Dreams belong to the last days, and that's the days that we live in. In the last days, I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh, and dreams and visions are coming. So we ought to have more now than they did then. We ought to have more now than they did back then. So just in case you think that dreams belong only to old men, Remember that Peter quotes a type of psalm called a Hebrew parallelism. Parallelism. This type of psalm is a psalm that repeats itself in different words. Okay? So the psalm attempts to paint a broad brush by including sons and daughters, young and old, visions and dreams. It's not meant to convey that only young men have visions and only old men have dreams. It's saying that visions and dreams belong to everyone, young and old alike. Okay, look at Joseph. He had a dream from God when he was only 17 years old. That was a pretty massive dream. He dreamed that everybody in his family was going to bow down to him at 17. Do you know how many older people wanted to whip his hide? All of them. I'd say just about all of them. I could see me standing in front of my family and saying, you know what? All of you are going to bow down to me. And then look at my mom and dad and say, guess what? The moon and the stars are going to bow down to you. Whoa. But he had a dream. 17 years old. Daniel was a young aspirant when God gave him a dream and the interpretation in order to protect everyone from Nebuchadnezzar's wrath. Daniel chapter 2, verse 19. Then you have Solomon, a young king. He had dreamt that God gave him wisdom, and he called himself a little child, 1 Kings 3, 7, when he had the dream. Notice all three of these men were young when they had dreams from God. So it wasn't just Peter saying, oh, men shall dream dreams. But he was using that as everybody's going to have dreams. Let me ask you this. When's the last time you had a dream from the Lord? Think about it. Have you ever had a dream from the Lord? You have a dream, and then suddenly it comes to pass later on. And it's like you have forgotten all about that dream until you're in the situation, and it comes alive, and you're just like, whoa, wow. I remember dreaming about this. The Lord showed me this was coming. Faith. Faith for dreams. We've got to have faith for dreams. Faith for dreams. God works by the means of faith. It takes faith. You're going to have to have faith. Faith. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things. Not seen. If you have faith that God will do something in his word, then he will do it. The reason many believers don't have many dreams from the Lord is because they don't have faith in them. Exercise your faith for dreams. What are you talking about, Pastor? Well, start by asking God for dreams. Ask him. Have you ever asked God, Lord, give me some dreams? Have you ever said, Lord, I want you to use me in this certain area or this gift of the Spirit? Lord, I want you to do something in my life. And tonight, tonight, the last last month or two, uh, we have been overwhelmed by some situations in our family in our life. And we're now starting to see answers finally come. And so when these answers are finally coming, that gives me faith that says, you know what, if, if God, you can take care of this over here when I pray, then you know what, I ought to be able to pray for this and you take care of this. Right? I should be able to. Okay, for instance, Let me just give you an example here. Uh, Mitchell and Caitlin are in in a legal battle to get the boys relocated to Illinois because there's this law in Louisiana that says you can't relocate. All right, has anybody ever had to get a lawyer? You can't get them on the dollar menu at McDonald's. And you know what? They don't want, they don't, they're not going to say, well, I tell you what, you give me 10% and we'll work out a payment plan. So you go in and talk to him. First of all, if you go in and talk to him, just to talk to him is $100. Just to talk. You may not even hire this lawyer. You may not like what they say. But it's, you're still coming, you're losing the Franklin right out of your wallet. There it goes. And then when you find the one that you think can represent you the best, then they start slapping them on you and saying, okay, well, to retain me, it'll be $5,000. Oh, can we do that in payments? No, I cannot do represent you at all until I have $5,000. So, we had to do it. We're wondering where all this money's coming from. And I'm sitting in my office one day, and all at once, I remembered a chunk of money from my past life that was a blessing. And it was 60% of that $5,000. I'm like, oh, my Lord. And I called my wife. And I said, guess what I just thought of, and I told her. And she and I had been talking about another situation, and she said, I'm going to go talk to them right now. In 20 minutes, we had $5,000. In 20 minutes. And the Lord's like, whoa, wow. Okay, so as it goes on, then as they work for you, it eats up your $5,000. And then they want more. They want more. Well, lo and behold, they keep wanting more until finally the, the, the cup is dry. The, the well is barren. It is dry. And so I'm praying a prayer, and I said, you know what, Lord? We cannot continue paying thousands of dollars right up front. You've got to talk to this lawyer. What did they tell me today? The lawyer told us today that for the rest of the, her, her services, we can do payments. Thank you, Jesus. I didn't tell anybody else I was praying that. So I'm believing that, guess what? If I pray and a lawyer can be touched in Louisiana for my prayers, I can pray for something in Illinois and God will do it. So my faith is rising. So it's the same way with dreams. Ask God for a dream. You have not because you ask not. James chapter 4, verses 2 and 3 says this actually verse 2 verse 3 snuck in there on me you want what you don't have so you scheme and kill to get it this is the new living translation you are jealous of what others have but you can't get it so you fight and wage war to take it away from them you yet you do don't have yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask god for it what do you want from god Ask him for it. What would you like God to give you? Ask him for it. Oh, God, I need this. I need that. Have you asked him for it? Or have you just set up your Christmas list? I need, I need, I need. I want, I want, I want. Ask him for it. He owns a cattle on a 1,000 hills. I heard one time, too, that he also owned the taters under all those hills. I don't know about the taters. And he owns all the gold. In fact, he takes gold that we pay, have, are paying $1,600 an ounce for to get a little sliver of it, and that's what he uses to make the road and the street in heaven, gold. So it's just to patch potholes in heaven. So when you're asleep, you're vulnerable. Watch this now. When we're asleep, we're vulnerable. You lose control of your life, and God has it. This is when God can really speak to us because our bodies are asleep. Our natural thinking has been rested up and it's in slumber. So expect that you will have dreams from God. Expect that God wants to talk to us in a dream. Expect that God wants to show us something, give us direction, help us fix something in our lives that's not right, that he's not pleased with. Maybe warn us of a danger that's coming put your faith into action place a notebook a pen next to your bed and then when you have a dream write it down daniel did daniel wrote down the dreams write down the dream you know anybody ever been praying and you have this awesome thought and you're like oh lord that is so awesome when you're praying and you're getting downloads that's from god And you don't have anything to write on, but you say, I'll never forget it. You know how many of those I forgot? All of them. When you're praying, get you a notepad. Get you those little index cards that are bound up. Write down things. Write down what the dream is that God gives you. And just watch what he's going to do. In the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel had a dream. Daniel chapter 7. Verse 1, and visions of his head upon his bed. Then he wrote the dream and told the sum of the matters. So Daniel has a dream, then he writes it down, and then he shares it with others. You'll be surprised how often God will speak to you in dreams. Skeptical people say, well, pastor, I just don't dream. Everybody dreams. I dream in short stories. You ever dream in short stories? Short stories for me come after the first alarm goes off. And you start dreaming these weird things. Now, we have, in our house, we have a couple demons. Number one demon is coffee cups. Okay, we have a coffee cup demon. We have acquired so many coffee cups that it is pushing all the glasses out of the cabinet. We also have a travel, what do you call those? Tursk, what do you call those? What's those travel mugs? Huh? Whatever they are, you know, they got the lids on them. They come in vandal power. They come in pretty St. Louis cardinals. They come in bling, bling, you know. That has also taken over part another cabinet. All right, so I have this short story. I had this short story dream about two weeks ago. And I dreamed that I walked into the kitchen, came down the steps, and I walked into the kitchen, and all of the drinking cups were on the countertop. and the doors of the cabinet were open, and there were coffee cups clear across the entire cabinet. And I said, Amy, this has got to stop. And I woke up. I knew it was from the Lord. And so when I found her, I think she was at work maybe, I found her, I said, Amy, I'm going to tell you something. The Lord gave me a dream about your coffee cup cabinet and it's got to change right now. Another one is the lid drawer. Oh, the lid drawer. Apparently, everybody has a lid drawer. We have li- you do not put any food in a bowl until you can find a lid first that fits the bowl. Otherwise, you get a bowl that you can't find a lid for. And then you can't use it in the refrigerator. You can't stack nothing on it in the refrigerator because it just falls down through the saran or through the aluminum or whatever you've got. You know, I, I said, listen, Amy, I'm just telling you right now. If anything ever happens to you and you pass on to glory before me, I'm taking care of the lid cap drawer, and I'm taking care of the cup cabinet and the travel mug cabinet when I get home from the dinner. And God, take care of it. I said, You've got to get control of yourself here. So these short story dreams, guess what? Everybody dreams. People act when when they, when, watch, but when they're promised to act in faith for dreams, God will begin to work. If you say, Lord, I want you to use me in dreams, I want you to show me some dreams, God will do it. God will do that for you. Hebrews eleven six. 6, it is impossible to please God without faith. Amen. It is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that he exists, that God exists, and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. So what I'm talking about is do fasting, do prayer, do the word, and ask God. Come in faith and say, show me some dreams. I can remember having dreams in the last 40 years of walking with the Lord that have actually shown situations that people were in. And I knew how to pray for them. Or I was able to give them a warning. Or God would show me something about myself that I needed to fix. Or would warn me about something that was coming up. You see what I'm saying? Why should that stop now? We ought to have more dreams in this church than than they did in the book of Acts church. Amen. But not every dream is from God. Okay? Not every dream is from God. People they they may ask, miss my why there, are all dreams from God? The answer is no, not every dream is from God. Many causes of dreams. Worry. Worry causes dreams. If you've got something heavy on your mind, and you're gonna dream about it. I got scripture for it. Ecclesiastes 5:3. A dream comes when there are many cares. Amen? Anybody ever had that happen? You got lots of cares on your life, you got lots of pressures, and that dream comes because that's on your mind. Satan can give counterfeit dreams, especially when the dreamer has been involved in the occult or in occultic activities. The lust of the flesh can cause X-rated dreams. I had a few of those before I got in church. Amen? Praise God. I know none of you ever did. I had them all for you. All right. Are you seeing what I'm saying? So our lifestyle will cause our our dreams to be influenced. Bitterness can cause you to dream that where you want to kill certain people. I just like to kill them. And you just get a lot of joy in your dream because you just wiped them out, whoever's been causing you pain and problems. Or how about this, fear. Fear can cause us to have nightmares. Fear. So, you got worry, you got fear, you have the flesh, you have bitterness. All of these things can cause dreams. So, how about going to God in faith saying, God, give me godly dreams? Give me dreams, Lord, that I can help someone. Obviously, you must use discernment to know if a dream is of God or not. How about to interpret dreams? Okay, interpret dreams. One of the common mistakes people make when interpreting their dreams is to make them literal. Not all dreams are literal. Those are the ones you wake up from and say, Thank God that was just a dream. You ever had that? It felt so real. It felt so real. Most dreams, though, are symbolic. Joseph dreams of stars. Pharaoh dreams of cows. Nebuchadnezzar dreams of statues. They're symbolic. Make sense? So how can you tell if a dream is to be taken literally or symbolically? If everything in the dream seems possible and real, then it's probably a literal dream. If everything seems possible and real, it's probably a literal dream. For example, if you're driving your car, going to your job, and you get in an accident, then probably you need to take it literal and pray for protection as you drive. The Lord could be warning you. All right? On the other hand, if there's a part of the dream that seems improbable or unreal, then you should interpret the entire dream as symbolic. You know, that's like the book of Revelation. Revelation is a lot of symbolism, okay? You don't have, I mean, he's talking about scorpions, right? Scorpions, flying scorpions, was it? Shooting fire out of their mouths. And can you imagine scorpions doing that? What is that? Those are Apache helicopters. Amen. That's the U.S. military. Praise God. Here we come. Da, 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 boom, boom. Yeah. So symbolic or literal? If, for example, you're driving another car, you're going to a fictitious place, and then the dream is symbolic. So you know, if I'm in a car and I'm driving to, uh, you know, the Grammys, I've, I've won a, I've won a award at the Grammys. That probably is not going to be real okay I don't even watch the Grammys nobody else does either okay so the dream even if the accident seems real that dream is symbolic the dream is speaking about spiritual danger let me give you an example Uh, 1990 1991 I was in Gaithersburg Maryland and uh, I had a dream and I had a dream that I was on this beach, and and this beach, we were in we were in uh, combat gear, and we were on trucks, and we were going through there. We had uh, just had a battle, and we were going through, and we were stripping all the weapons off of the casualties, the dead. You know how they do in war; they take everybody else's stuff. Ain't nothing sacred, and. So we're we're going along, and there's all these bodies, and there's this one body laying over there. And I say, who is that body there? And this is what the voice in my dream said. Oh, don't worry about it. It's just a dead Hawaiian. I'm like, what? A dead Hawaiian. So I walk over to this body, and I take my foot, and I put it He was laying on his side, and I put my foot on his shoulder, and I rolled him over, and it was my Hawaiian friend from Bible college. He was a casualty of war. That kind of bothered me. I'm like, man, that's just weird. So what did I do? I got a hold of the pastor and pastor's wife in Hawaii. And I said, How is my friend doing? And I called him by name. And they said, He hasn't been doing very well. He hadn't even been in church in about six months. What, I, what was going on? The Lord showed me his spiritual condition that if somebody didn't intervene for him and pray and lift him up, because he couldn't do it now, he's in, the, he's in the fight and he's losing the fight, he's going to be destroyed. So when we went and preached the, the camp over there this year, he was there. He came over with the Maui group, still in the church. Isn't that weird? Another one. Another one I had, I was in this house, and this house was, had been in a remodel situation. And it was in this remodel situation. There, were no dry, there was no drywall. It was just studded walls. And I'm st- kind of standing off to the side here, and there's been a murder there's been a murder right here, and there's a, a dead body. Why all my dreams about dead bodies? So I'm standing here, and then I see the EMTs come in and load this dead body and, and put it on the gurney and take it out. And they had the sheet over their head. And I heard this voice that said, She's dead. She was attacked with a great attack and didn't survive. Okay. So I pulled back the sheet to see who it was, and it was one of my cousins. Little did I know that she was going through struggles, and she was being attacked. She wound up pregnant, outside of wedlock. Not, not serving the Lord. But in that dream, I knew I got to pray for her. Want another one? Here's another one. This is a little bit better. This has a snake in it. All right, this has a snake. This has a snake in it, and, and somebody in my family was dating a girl, and this girl was very possessive. I know that that's hard to believe. This girl was very possessive, and she was she was a pastor's daughter, and she was very controlling and very manipulative to the, to the person in our family. And his, his mom and dad were very concerned because they were getting serious, Brother Randall, and they weren't too sure about, um, about what was going on. And uh, his mom had a dream. The guy who was dating this pastor's daughter had a dream. And she said, I saw this boy here and I saw this snake wrapped around him and it was constricting against him and it was trying to choke him to death. And she said, but what was really weird was it was the snake was blue and yellow. And, you know, I'm just listening to this and suddenly it just comes to me. Okay, what is happening is, what is the color yellow represent? Anybody know? Take a shot at it. Yellow rose of Texas. Sure looks good to me. Yellow, I've always heard, represents jealousy. Blue represents royalty. The snake was the girl. She came from a a royal spiritual lineage because her father was a pastor. But she was so jealous of this boy's family that she was wrapped around him, this snake, and pulling him away from his family to destroy him. And I said, what you got to do is you just got to pray. You got to pray against the spirit of jealousy. You've already identified who it is. And pray that that spirit will come off. And lo and behold, it wasn't a matter of six weeks. They were praying that. Boom. Done deal. Split city. They broke up and never got together again. Now he's been happily married for years. So you see how God does things? God can show you things like this. God can work in your life. So the dream can be speaking about a spiritual danger. It can be speaking about uh, if it's a symbolic dream, a spiritual danger. That was the problem with the, with the blue and the red and the blue and the yellow snake. That was a spiritual thing. Same thing with my dead Hawaiian. That was a spiritual thing. I am not going to be in the army on a beachhead taking weapons from dead bodies. Okay, I don't even want to touch dead bodies. But you had to pray, and God gives it to you. So we need to learn to think symbolically. So have faith for dreams, think symbolically. Uh Uh-oh, what's up there? So what's that say up there, Jonathan? It takes practice. Everybody say practice. Increase the, the vocabulary of symbols. As your vocabulary of symbols increases, your ability to understand your dreams will get better and better. So I, I it immediately came to me. Yellow was jealousy. Blue was royalty. Blue was a position she, her father held and her family held in the kingdom, and the yellow was, a, was her, her weakness, her attitude. The more you know the general meaning of symbols, the easier it will be to interpret dreams, and you'll be more accurate. But there's a warning. Warning, warning, warning. Will, what's his name? Huh, right. Will Rogers. Remember him? Lost in space. Don't use new age stuff to try to interpret dreams. Because these dreams aren't coming from the new age spirit, they're coming from the Holy Spirit. Okay? Don't use new age stuff to do all that. These, uh, uh, keep in mind that a symbol may mean something different to different people. Remember that too. Watch this example here. If someone lives in India and dreams of a cow and a farmer in America dreams of the same cow, the cow will probably mean, to the Indian, religious bondage. But to the cow, it will mean the livelihood to the farmer. So what God does is God understands our personal experiences and our culture, so he will use things that we can relate to. I can relate to, in warfare with the dead Hawaiian, I can relate to that. You see how God works in that? Especially as a Christian, look into the scriptures for the meaning of symbols. Everything we need is in the book. Everything we need is in the Bible. It's all there. So why God uses dreams. Why? You may wonder why God may need to use a dream to speak to you. When in fact, he could have used any other means to speak to us. Could it be that God uses dreams to speak to us because that when we're asleep, our conscious mind cannot fight God's message? You remember the tongues? I really believe that tongues, when we pray in the Holy Ghost, is for God to speak His will into our spirits without our flesh interrupting Him. Without my reasoning and my unbelief and my doubt interrupting Him. So, how about this? While we're asleep, then God throws a dream on us because my flesh can't fight that. Does that make sense? So often when we are awake, our conscious mind gets in the way of hearing from God. But when we are asleep, God is able to do things to us that we cannot contest. You can't fight that dream. I could not. Amy could not fight that short story dream that I had. That cup demon is coming down. It's coming down. One way or the other. I'm telling you, and then they keep bringing in more, more of them. I said, are you kidding? You drink one cup of coffee a day, and we have 62 million coffee cups. Are you kidding me? Somebody's got to get a hold of this thing. It's the same way when the anesthesiologist puts someone to sleep for for a surgeon. He does so in order for the patient not to feel the pain during surgery. Because if the patient was awake, he would give the surgeon tremendous problems. Can you imagine We're coming up on the anniversary of Ginger's surgeries. The first surgery in her neck, in her neck, they took a a blade, a, a, a little saw blade, and they microscopically cut through her skin to get down to her arteries. They came out two and a half hours into the surgery. We're like, wow, they done already? Because they told us it would be about four to six-hour surgery. I mean, that's enough time to eat chicken, go down, you know, go to the snack shop, get you something. And we're like, are you finished? And I said, oh, no, we just finally broke through to the skin and the tissue. Now we're ready to start operating on the vein. Two and a half hours later, okay? They're cutting on, on her skin, getting down to the artery. In two and a half hours, you're going to have to be knocked out for that. Amen. Because I'm going to tell you, none of you experienced what I experienced when she woke up. Oh, man, she's hitting the bed. She's trying to, here she's sending text messages. She couldn't talk, right? And the nurse finally says, oh, honey, it's not recording anything because your voice isn't saying anything. And she just throws the phone. I said, Lord, give her grace, peace. Mmm, my, my. So the anesthesiologist puts us out. So when you're asleep, you're vulnerable. So we're, We lose control of our life, and God has it. God has our minds. He has our body. He's protecting us. He's keeping us that night, right? We trust him. We trust him to protect us. We trust him to keep us. And so what's he going to do? That's when he can really talk to us. This is when he can really, really speak to us. Let's all stand. I'm done. So I would like for you this year, go get you a notepad or a little binder thing and a pen. Put it on your nightstand. And when dreams come, write them down. Pray. Ask God. Lord, give me faith. Open up my spirit and my mind. Open up my heart to dreams. I got to hear from you. I mean, we're talking to him in relationship. We're talking to him through the word. We're talking to him through fasting. We're talking to him through prayer. Now let's him talk to us through dreams. How about it? All right. Let's pray. Lord, in the name of Jesus, God, I thank you for the dreams. I thank you for the word of God that shows us all of these dreams from kings and pharaohs down to Joseph and Mary Even in the book of Acts, the early church, all of these, Lord, times and instances and people, the prophets of old were influenced by dreams. So, Lord, today we ask that you would give us faith and a hunger, give us faith and a hunger that we would get an appetite, that we would develop an appetite for the dreams of the kingdom. Show us things to come, Lord. Lord, you showed Amber, Amber Durbin at the time, 10 years ago. When we were getting ready to buy this church and she didn't know it, but she saw me standing in this pulpit and the church full of people. And God, it was your way to give Sister Rhonda a a confirmation. And so, Lord... Tonight, we just ask you to stir up that gift inside of us. Bring the dreams to us, Lord. Prophetic dreams, powerful dreams, dreams of protection, dreams of direction, dreams of guidance. We ask this in the name of Jesus. We just pray, Lord, that you would help us. Bring us together, Lord, for prayer Saturday morning as we seek your face. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Have a great night. Enjoy the snowstorm, that blizzard.